Look at somebody and say, grateful. May not have what you have, but I'm grateful. May not have everything I want, but I'm grateful. Thank you, Lord. Would you bless God for our choir? Kristen Williams, God bless you, Kristen. As we remain standing for the reading of God's word, today is the first message in a new series of messages that God has given us for the month of November this year, 2017. The series is just one word. It's more. Look at someone and say more. This is the first of four messages in this series. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 is where the text is found today. We're reading from the New International Version. Hear the reading of God's holy word. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, somebody say gift, gift. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And those that love God's word said amen. amen. Reach over and catch someone by the hand. Amen. Everybody hold those hands. Amen. Amen. Let the camera see the audience as we hold hands and unite together. For those uh, joining us by internet, we want you to see that we are in this together. We are. Look at somebody, say to them, more than we deserve. Amen. God bless you. More than we deserve. Maybe seated. More than we deserve. Listen, since the beginning of this year of 2017, we have talked and preached and taught about the supernatural favor of God. We define God's supernatural favor in our first message of the year simply as those blessings that are beyond human capabilities. Blessings that no human being can do for you. Somebody say, but God. <laughs> Blessings that mama can't give you, daddy can't give you, pastor can't give you. Nobody can do it but God. Now, perhaps there is no better word that describes God's supernatural favor than the word God has given us for this series for this month and that is the word more. Somebody say more. More. That word to me represents particularly for this series God's supernatural favor. Listen, when we use this word, when we speak this word throughout this series, the word more, 
we are speaking of something that is of greater quantity or something that is of a higher degree. Somebody say more. Greater quantity, higher degree. And so in this first message of this series, God has given us the assignment uh, to look at what is perhaps the greatest blessing of all, and that is the gift of salvation. Listen, I appreciate the fact that God wakes me up every morning. I appreciate the fact that God puts food on my table. I am grateful of the fact that God has given me resources and a house to live in and a beautiful family. But the greatest gift of them all is the gift of salvation. Any witnesses? Anybody is so glad you're saved. So glad you are redeemed. The old church had a song, Pastor Bradley, that went like this. There is a song in my heart that the angels cannot sing. I've been redeemed. <laughs> well, the greatest gift God has given us is the gift of redemption, the gift of salvation, which is a blessing that is indeed more than we deserve. I'm here to tell you that nobody deserves to be saved. I don't care how deep you are, how holy you are. Now, there are folk who get saved and act like they have earned it and act as if that they deserve it. And, and they look down on others as if they are greater than anybody else. But I stop by to tell you salvation is a gift of God to undeserving people like ourselves. And it is more than we deserve. Amen. Now, when you, when you look at it as a gift that we did not deserve, then every day is a blessing. And you thank God every day for saving somebody like you. We didn't deserve it. You did not deserve it. But God, but God, if God was to mark iniquity, who would stand? Come on. If God was to determine our worthwhile uh, as it relates to being eligible for salvation, who would qualify? For all have sinned. We, and God, don't, don't, don't get so deep and don't get as if that, that, that you are in a place that nobody else in God. God knows where your closets are. And he has his finger on the switch. Don't have him flip the light switch. Come, can I preach to somebody? Look at somebody and say, you are, you are not that deep. You're not that holy that you've earned something. But God picked you up, wretch undone. I was sinking deep in sin. 
sinking never to rise again. Then the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters. He lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me. God's love made a way for you over and over. Anybody in here so grateful that God has given you something that you did not deserve? Listen, our text for today is found in the book of Romans, which has been described by some scholars as, quote, a systematic presentation of our Christian faith. Amen. The book of Romans, in fact, this, this first epistle in the New Testament uh, that, that, that is right after the book of Acts has been referred to as the world's first systematic theology course. Theology is simply the study and the analysis of the divine. Study and the analysis of God. This this book is so powerful and it it occurs uh, appropriately after the historical book of Acts and after the four gospels. It, it, it teaches us about the God we serve and about the faith we hold on to. Book of Romans is so powerful. It is not, I must confess, uh, one of the easiest books to study. Uh, but if you take the time and dedicate some effort uh, to reading it, you will find that it will bless you in so many ways. Paul, of all men, write this. Paul, who says that God saved me when he was once persecuting the church. Paul, who stood there when the first martyr of the Christian faith by the name of Stephen was stoned to death. Paul, who was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Paul, who was a religious zealot, was converted on the road to Damascus. And God used him to, to unlock some of the most profound principles of our Christian faith. Can I preach to you this morning? Go with me. I just want to share a few highlights that are in the book of Romans that will, that, that, that will confirm what I've said, that this is a powerful, systematic, theological book of our Christian faith. Paul tells us in chapter 1 and verse 17, he says, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Amen. We are here because of our faith. And then Paul goes on to write in Romans chapter 2. Paul talks about God's righteous judgment. And he speaks against believers being so judgmental when it comes to other people. Now, now, let me put a pause in there to say something. What disappoints God the most is how those that God has brought from such a mighty long ways, somehow when they become saved and holy, they become sanctimonious. And, 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 and they feel as if their holiness 
puts them above everybody else and they forget where the Lord has brought us from and, and, and folk that judge other people we all struggle with something can I say that again I told the church this morning he that is without a struggle let him cast the first stone truth is we but he we we we, we like to prioritize a rank a rate transgressions and what is wrong and what is not and there are certain things we call big sins and things that we turn our nose up at people and go they are an abomination and how could they live that life and you with your gossiping backbiting eye rolling don't y'all start me not speaking cute acting you know, self and can't even speak to folk and so mean as the old folks say, mean as a rattlesnake and claim you got the Holy Ghost and you want to send somebody else to hell. Come on, somebody. Sweep around your own front door. Can I preach? So Paul takes up Romans chapter 2 and says, God is the righteous judge. And none of us have the right to judge any. You don't know who God is working on. You don't know what God is. You may disagree with somebody's life or their lifestyle or their actions, but you don't have a hell to send nobody to. And God didn't appoint you as judge. You're going to meet some folk in heaven you weren't expecting. And some folk you expect won't make it. Preach, Pastor Jackson. So Paul, in Romans chapter 2, declares God is the only righteous judge. Reason we can't judge other people is because God is the only right. I told the church this morning, I, 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 you know, I get a kick out of it every time I get every now and then. I get a little note or a letter from folk and say, Pastor, you need to preach a little harder about sin you need to preach a little harder about hell you you don't you don't talk enough about how many people are going to hell and i want to write back so bad they say on sunday morning i only get about 35 or 40 minutes and i don't want to spend half of my time filling your ego by sending folk to hell i'd rather tell them how they can get to heaven amen somebody because at the end of the day, God is the only righteous judge. There are some folk that you've written off and God said, no, don't you write them off. They are a child of God. And they may not walk like you walk or talk like you talk or act like you to act, but trust God, God. And we got to give an account to God. So Romans chapter 2, I feel like preaching. Tell somebody, God is the only righteous judge. Look over at somebody and say, don't you judge me. Romans chapter 3. Can I take my time and preach this? Paul talks about how we are blessed despite our unfaithfulness. Not only are we not that holy, we are not that faithful truth of the matter is that all of us have unfaithfulness somewhere 
not just in our history. <laughs> oh, amen. You know, we, we've got it. Not everybody got a phone with music. You've got it on your playlist. There, there's some things that, that, that document to the fact that you've not always been faithful to God. Come on, can we just keep it real? Because, see, God not only judges your action, he judges your thoughts. God says, I know your thoughts from afar off. And how many of us would hang our heads in shame if God was to reveal some of our innermost thoughts, some things we lust, desire, that we struggle? It's a struggle every day. Can we just keep it real? All of us wake up with struggling demons that we've got to fight every day but by the grace of God we're able to conquer them one by one and say to God be the glory so if you're standing here today it's not because you've been faithful it is because God is faithful to you despite your unfaithfulness God could have thrown you away God could have written us all off God could have said you've done enough for me to have given up on you a long time ago, but God never gives up on us. God is always there loving us over and over and over again. And then in Romans chapter 4, allow me to take you on this theological field trip through parts of the book of Romans. Romans chapter 4, God writes on how Abraham, the father of faith, was justified not by his works, but by his faith. In other words, God said, you didn't work enough to get what I gave you, but you have what you have by faith. Then, one of my favorite chapters is Romans chapter 5. Uh, Paul speaks of God's grace. Somebody shout grace. Uh, he speaks about how God's grace has given us a second chance. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. How God bless us in spite of ourselves. And how God's grace kept saving us even when we didn't want God. And when we didn't think uh, that, 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 that God was worth it, God kept seeking, beseeching, bestowing, uh, going after us over and over and over Again, somebody say, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Chapter 5 in the book of Romans, verse number 8, is a very profound scripture. Here's what it says. The New International Version says, but God demonstrated his own love towards us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us I want you to know something that God didn't die for righteous folk but he died for hard-headed backbiting alcoholics drug addicts a sexually addicted folk God died for folk that got issues and while we were yet sinners God died for us. Somebody say grace. Then Paul goes on in Romans 5 verse 20 to says this. Now don't you take advantage of God's grace and say that because 
grace abounds, I can sin even more. God said it doesn't work like that. God said grace is to save you, not to cover up your mess and let you keep doing what grace is to give you a second chance so you can straighten up and be acceptable to God. Can I get a witness? And so because sin abound, grace abound even more so. That means that God says that when we were sinners, God's grace found us. And then we transition to Romans chapter 6. Somebody say, preach, pastor. <laughs> if there is a chapter in Romans that is worth studying, Romans chapter 6, the baptism scripture, uh, the scripture that talks about walking in the newness of life. Indulge us for a moment as we put this chapter on the board. Verse 1 of Romans chapter 6, the New International Version. Paul writes these words. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized in Christ Jesus are baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, order that Jesus as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live, here is the word, in a new life. Somebody say a new life. Grace doesn't put lipstick on your old life and tell you you're cute when you still are ugly. Not literally, but spiritually. Great grace doesn't put makeup on your sinful nature and give you a pat on the back and say, go ahead, I've, I've covered it up for the next month. But grace forgives you, gives you an opportunity to walk in the newness of life. And even as you struggle, and even if you fall, grace will pick you up because you are a new creature. In Christ Jesus, but we have been united with him through death. Verse 7 said, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Verse 8 says, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Uh, how many of we know that God has mastered death? Uh, verse 10 says, the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Verse number 11 says, in the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive in God, in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. In other words, don't let sin have dominion over your body. And even if you transgress, don't let sin live in you. You need to know how to find an altar or get on your knees and say, Father, I may have messed up, but I ask for forgiveness. How many of you know that God will forgive you over and over and over and over again? Verse 15 says, what then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace by no means? 
Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are to obey them? Verse 17, but thanks be to God that through you, you used to be slaves to sin, but now God has changed your heart. I, I, I don't want you to fool me, but anybody in here know that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Look at somebody say, if you only knew how I used to be, if you only knew where God has brought me from, if you only knew the things that God has brought me through, I must confess that there have been some things that nobody know about that God blessed and God saved me. How many of you know that you are so glad that God made you out of something different and look at somebody and say, I don't even look like what I've been through. Say, I, oh, come on. Some of you used to drink in the morning, drink at lunch, drink at night. You woke up smelling like a liquor store. You, 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 you couldn't defeat any demon, but God gave you a new creature. Uh, God allowed you to put the drugs down. And God allowed you to walk in the newness of life. And when sin had you, now you got sin. Tell somebody, I'm not what I used to be. Woo! Thank God for grace. Woo! Verse number 18. May I preach this out of the glory? Verse number 18 says, You have been set free from sin, and now you are slaves to righteousness. And when folk look at you and say, You act kind of funny these days, you ought to say, Well, I don't mean to be funny, I'm just different. Now, there's a difference between funny and different. I'm just different. Things I used to do, I don't do anymore. Places I used to go, I don't go anymore. Things I used to desire, I can go home and watch TV by myself at night. I, I don't have to hang out with y'all all times of night getting drunk and high now because God has changed me and I've become a new creature. Woo! Something has happened to you. Woo! And then Paul writes, in verse 22 but now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life and here's our text for the wages of sin is death look at somebody say you deserve to die you should have been dead. Sin should have destroyed you. Alcohol should have destroyed you. Drugs should have destroyed you. Prison should have destroyed you. But God made a way out of no way. Look where I am. God has been good to me and is more than I deserve. 
Y'all excuse us. Somebody ought to put a praise on it. Put a praise on it. Put a praise on it. You didn't deserve to be here. You didn't deserve to live. You did not deserve salvation. But he looked beyond all my faults and saw my needs. And Lord, I'm thankful that you've given me more. Somebody shout more, more, more than we deserve. Where are my praises? Put a praise on it. Put a praise on it. Because somebody, as if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, I don't know where I would be. Ah, sin should have taken you out. But God, mm, your lifestyle should have taken you out. But God, your enemies should have taken you out. But God, your mistakes should have taken you out. But, 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 but God, more. Leave your seat and touch somebody. Say more, more, more. here this morning then you got more than you deserve if you can wave your hands then you've been blessed with more than you deserve give God a praise Lord I thank you Lord I thank you lift those hands and say Lord I thank you Lord I thank you when the enemy came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Oh, Lord, I should have been dead a long time ago. You should have lost your mind five years ago. You, 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 you should be somewhere now. But God gave you another chance. And because of that, I tell him thank you. I declare thank you. Everybody take 30 seconds to give God your best praise. Praise Him for grace. Praise Him for mercy. grace. Thank God for mercy. Look at somebody 
and say, if it had not been for God's grace or God's mercy, baby, I don't have time to judge you. I'm so grateful for what God has done for me. I'm so grateful that I'm saved. I'm so grateful that I can praise God. In fact, I don't want to judge you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God continue to bless you. Lay your hands on somebody's shoulder and say, in the name of Jesus, I pray for more mercy, more grace. I pray for more blessings over your life. I pray that the Lord overflow your life with even more goodness. Listen, stand to your feet. We will conclude this on Tuesday night with three key takeaways. But for now, here's what God said. God said, we should always remember, listen, where we once were. I want you to hear this. Don't you ever forget how bad off you once were. I'm preaching to somebody now. Somebody said to me, Pastor, that brother came to church smelling like a liquor store. I said, I'm glad he's in church and not at the liquor store. <laughs> Pastor, did you smell the weed on that young brother? I said, I thank God that they're somewhere at the altar. Because there have been times in your life that you smell like weed. Amen. You smell like vodka. Some of us are so broke you couldn't even buy vodka. You smell like whatever they gave you. But God. Somebody said, but God. Remember where we once were. Listen. And remember what the Lord has done for us. We must never forget get somebody to say never forget that he's given us more than we ever deserve <laughs> I've got a message for you God thought you were worth it <laughs> that's why you say but God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at someone and say, God thought you were worth it. That's why he held back the hands of the enemy. <laughs> I'm so glad that God thought I was worth it. Somebody leave your seat right now. Come stand at this altar. The truth is, we all have done enough in our lives that we could have been destroyed. But God gave us second chances over and over and over again. Here's what the song says. You thought I was worth saving. Whew. Anybody know that God thought you were worth saving? So you came and changed my life. 
Where the words put it on the screen. I want you to see it. You thought I was worth keeping. So you clean me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrifice your life so I could be free. So I could be whole. So I could tell everyone I know that hallelujah, glory to the God. Listen to this. That's why I want you to see these words. Glory to the God who changed my life. (laughs) the Jennifer, we, we didn't change on our own. Let me tell you. The arrow could not have changed on his own. But glory to the God that changed your life. Glory to the God that inspires you to get up on Sunday morning. Come and worship him. Glory to the God that encouraged you to put the bottle down. Glory to the God that encouraged you to stop selling drugs. Get off the street. Change your life. He thought you were worth it. And he gave you something more than you deserve. Why is this so important? When when we have this mindset, we cannot judge other people. And I don't know who's going to heaven and who's not. There are some things that even I'm not sure about. But I do know this, Mother. That God loves everybody. God loves everybody. And heaven is not a place for perfect people. But it is a place for those who've been redeemed by the blood of the Lord. Amen. Come on and tell him again. Come on, Brother Anthony. You thought I was worth saving. Sing, Anthony. Great song. So you came and changed my life. You Woo. thought I was worth keeping. <laughs> That's my testimony. So you cleaned me Woo. up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed your life so I can be free, so I can be whole, so I can tell So yeah, you yeah. came, yeah. You Ooh. thought I was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought I was the tiger. So you sacrificed your life. So I could be free. So I could be whole. And I can tell everyone. You thought I was Yes, you can. Just wave those hands in the air. You thought I was keeping. Oh, yeah, yeah.
can be whole and I can tell everyone thank you Lord say you are no good you can't ever be any good you're going to be just like the rest of your family God says no she isn't no he isn't and God stepped in offered us something that we did not even deserve he's offered us the gift of salvation Salvation is not something you earn. It is not a reward that's given to you for your faithfulness. Nor is it compensation for something you may have earned. Salvation is a gift. It's a gift that comes from God. God says, I knew just who you were. I know who you are. And I still want you. I still love you. Some folk love you after you clean up, after you straighten up. And I'm so glad that God loves us as we are. And here's the challenge. Will you commit to something greater than you? 
all he's ever asked us for is just commit to be faithful. Faithful is not perfection. It is, Lord, I'll try every day to be a better person than I was the day before. And if I've offended somebody, help me to ask for forgiveness. And if I've offended you or your statutes, help me to do what's right according to your sight. That's all God requires. Amen. Close those eyes. Somebody right now, God is challenging you to take that next step. You know you're better than where you are right now. You know that God has called you to something greater than where you find yourself right now. But I hear him, see him calling you. God says, I just want you to live up to your expectations because I've given you an incredible opportunity to do something special in this world. Somebody's making up their mind right now. You come to church every Sunday and you're here in the house. Now God say the next step is that you stand at this altar and say, Lord, I want to commit to you. I want, I, I want you to use me because you thought I was worth saving. You've given me more than I deserve. Think about where your life would be right now if God had not intervened so many times over and over and over again. Every time the enemy thinks he has you, God just intervenes. God just steps in. God says, not now. And he reaches his mighty arms of grace. Listen to this last scripture before we pray. Jeremiah writes in Lamentations, it is of the Lord's mercies that we've not been consumed. His compassion faileth not. It is renewed every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Every morning you get new mercies. <laughs> Every day God blesses you with new mercies. Ooh. Every day God gives you more than you deserve. And we say thank you. After we pray, meet me at this altar. Someone, you may want to join the church. You may want to recommit your life. You may want to say, Pastor Jackson, I, I want to commit to something greater than myself. Ooh. God, I welcome you into what Romans 6 called the newness of life. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. Thank you. You thought we were worth saving. I'm so glad that you didn't give up on us. I'm so glad that although we deserve death, because your word said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus. Thank you for that marvelous, phenomenal gift that you've given us. Now bless us in a special way. Help us to receive it and be grateful. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And those who know that God has already done it and that God is always good, say amen. Amen. Put your arms around somebody say, more than we deserve. Ooh. Come on, if you're here this morning.
Come on, somebody in here. God says, be bold enough to stand and say, here I am, Lord. Come on, that's right. Thank you, young lady. Others are coming. Because I am bold. So we say hallelujah. God's calling you someone else now. Come on, what God is calling you right now. Somebody else, God is calling you. This is your day. This is your day. This is your moment. Come on, walk down those aisles wherever you are. God is calling you. That's right. Look at God. Come on, give God a hand of praise for this other. Somebody's coming. Hallelujah. Someone else more than we deserve. Anyone else? Somebody else is coming. Somebody else is coming. Come on, minister, bring them to Because I am home. I will tell everyone I know. Someone else, anyone else, God's calling you. Wherever you are, God is calling you. God is calling you right now. Give God a hand of praise for these. Come on, clap your hands as we go back. I'll give you glory because I am. Come on, clap those hands. More than we deserve. God bless you. Give God a praise for the word of God more than we deserve. 